Welcome to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. We're a church in Gahanna, Ohio, that exists to help people find and follow God. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and helps you discover how much God really loves you. Well, good morning. My name is Joel, and I get to be the pastor here, and I get to be the dad of Cooper and Judah right over there, and Willow, who's in the nursery. And getting to be a dad is one of the greatest joys of my life, and I know I'm not the only person in the room that feels that way. I'm fired up to have the kids in the room. Could all the kids look at me real quick? All the kids, if I say yo, you say what's up? Yo! Oh, yeah. And if I need you later, that's how I'll get your attention. Uh, moms and dads, you and I both know that ain't going to work, so going to be looking for your support on this. Uh, I read something this week that said, young children making noise in church isn't a nuisance. It's a sign of a blessed and healthy church, and it is. And so I'm, uh, I've been you know, repeating that to myself uh, to, all week. We can do it, and uh, so I'll keep things tight. We're in, a, we're in a series called A Few of Our Favorite Things. Two weeks ago, Trey Gilmore came and shared about church planting, that we want to be a church that plants churches, that plants churches, that plants churches. Last week, we talked about Gehanna and how we want to love our community in a way that if our church ceased to exist, our whole community would go, where do they go? We miss that church. That's the kind of church we want to be in. Today, we're talking about kids. Nothing in the world brings me joy like my kids, and nothing drives me nuts like my kids. And nothing warms my heart like a story, a good story about kids, good news. And nothing, I think we can relate to this this week especially, shatters our hearts like bad news about kids. And so I want to pray right now for the people in Uvalde, Texas, those families that have been impacted, the whole community, and ask that God would be their peace and their portion right now. So as a church family, let's just take a minute and let's pray. God, as we listen to the kids talking right now, it just reminds us of of the gift that they are. And I just pray for the city of Uvalde. I pray for the people, the families in that city. I pray, Father, that by some miracle that you would make your presence and your peace known in that place and in their lives. We grieve at the evil and the brokenness. And we ask, God, that you would make something beautiful out of something that is so heart-wrenching and shattering. So, God, we just stop and we, we ask, God, that you would be with them in a supernatural way. In Jesus' name, amen. Here at Three Creeks Church, we are all in on Three Creeks Kids. And we're all in on kids for a couple reasons. The first one is because the world is lying to our kids, both subtly and overtly lying to our kids, even those of us or those of you that are good at managing screen time. Our kids, even my five-year-old, is seeing on average 3,000 advertisements per day right now without even looking for them. People are spending billions of dollars so that at a young age, my children will believe 
that something or someone other than Jesus Christ can give them the happy life that they want. If they could look like this or just get that or just live there, if they could just have those things, that is the, that is the key to a happy life. People are spending billions of dollars trying to tell them it's something other than Jesus. The other, the other lie that is being shared with our kids, both, both with words, but certainly with a lot of actions, is that our kids have a choice to make as they grow up. It's that they can either follow Jesus or have fun, but they can't do both. That they have to make a choice. They can either follow Jesus and do what he says, or they can go the world's route and do everything that the world has to offer, but you can't do both. They're exclusive. It's either Jesus or a fun life, and, and that is a lie. And at Three Creeks Church, we're going to do everything we possibly can to just, just throw that lie in the trash can and say, no, 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 following Jesus is the best life possible. And so for 936 weeks, that's how many weeks you get between when your kid is born and when your kid graduates high school. 936 weeks, we're going to try every single one of those weeks for, for your kids to come away from Three Creek Kids remembering two things. Number one, that was the best hour of my week. I want to go back. Where are the bounce houses? I want to be there again. That was so fun. I love being there. And then number two is the people that led my class love Jesus the most. The people that were leading me back there, they love Jesus the most. And if we can do both of those 936 weeks in a row, then, then we're doing our job at trying to break down this lie that you can't have a great life without, if you follow Jesus. And what we're trying to say to our kids is that following Jesus is the best life, that hope and peace and fulfillment and satisfaction is found in the person of Jesus. And that's it. It's where it's at. And we want to show kids the joy-filled life is the one with Jesus. So as a kid, or excuse me, as a church, I just want you to know we're all in on Three Creeks Kids. Let me tell you a couple practical ways that we do this. We hired Liz Ellis. Come on, somebody. She's right back there. You guys, Liz is unbelievable. She is a gift from God to our church, and you don't even know it. I get to work with her. She's unbelievable. And if you know her, you're like, you're echoing what I'm saying. And if you don't know her yet, you will. She's unbelievable. And so we hired her and she works a lot really to, to, to love and serve our kids. She recruits volunteers. She comes up with the curriculum. She makes sure things are safe. We're all in on Three Creeks. The other thing we do is we spend, a, I think, a lot of money on Three Creeks kids. I would say that Liz, I would categorize you as fiscally responsible and Liz will come and be like, she, but she still, so she likes like the green light, you know, from me, like, Joel, do you think it's okay? So she'll come and be like, hey, I'm thinking about buying. And I just go, if it's for Three Creeks Kids, the answer is yes. Like, as long as you're not trying to buy a $20 million robotic dinosaur, that one will run by the elders. But other than that, <laughs> the answer is yes. We are all in. I ask her to blow the budget. I say spend too much. We're all in on Three Creeks Kids. We spend about $10,000 a year as a church on community group childcare. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, that seems like it's for the adults. And it is. But it's also so that more adults, more parents would join groups. And at those groups, they would learn about God, that they would 
get into the word, that they would pray, that they'd be challenged and encouraged, that their love for God would grow. And then in turn, they would go home and love and serve their kids and raise them to love God too. It's all a part of the plan. We're all in on Three Creeks Kids. This fall, October 21 and 22, for those of you that plan way far out, we're doing a deeper weekend titled Raising Tiny Humans. October 21, October 22, it's a Friday night and a Saturday morning, and it's all about parenting. It's about raising kids to love and serve Jesus. We're bringing in some people who have done it really, really well. And I hope that if, if you are interested in raising your kids to love Jesus, that even right now, you would put that on the calendar and say, I'm going to be there. I told the people that are coming that we we're all coming. So help me out and, and put that on the calendar. We're all in. We're going to pay for your babysitting. We're going to have childcare the whole time. We're all in. And then one more, uh, this fall, we're working on it. I really hope it can happen. We're, gonna, we're, we're talking about doing a Sunday school about building healthy marriages. And once again, you go, doesn't that actually apply more to the adults? And the answer is, in a way, yes. But there's a church in Georgia that did a study. And they surveyed and interviewed hundreds of couples that seemingly had done it right, that had raised kids to follow God. And they, they looked at it, and there was a lot, there were a number of things that were popular characteristics among these families, among these couples. But the number one most common attribute among parents who have raised godly kids is that they had a healthy marriage. And to some of you, that sounds encouraging because you're like, well, we got that, we're on the right track. And to some of you, that sounds really discouraging because that seems like something that's far away. And so we want to, as a church, invest in marriages so that in turn, that will invest that, that will, in turn, bless our kids. We're all in uh, Orange Ministries, in fairness. They are a kids' ministry, so they would probably be inclined to say this. But I'm not sure I really disagree. They say, what you do for kids and teenagers is more important than anything else your church does. What we do for our kids and teenagers is more important than anything else our church does. And I don't know that I disagree. So we're all in. We want to make Three Creeks kids unbelievable. Here's the danger. Here is the danger in having the best kids ministry in the world. That as parents, we might be inclined to come and dish our kids off and say, you teach them about Jesus. You do it. You teach them the Bible verses. You teach them the songs. You do this stuff. And so our kids will learn to follow Jesus at church. And that would be a tragic mistake. Because as parents, I'm talking to the parents for a minute. We, as parents are the primary disciple makers of our children. This is not somebody else's responsibility. This is not somebody else's role. In fact, I would propose that it's the most important role that we play as human adults is to raise and disciple our kids to know who God is and how much God loves them. The best way I know how to illustrate this, I hope that maybe this will draw the kids' attention back in, the best way I can illustrate how parenting and Three Creeks kids and ministries can work in tandem would be like this. Let me sing this part by myself, and then I'll prove the point in just a minute. Do you guys know the song that goes, you've got a friend in me, you got a friend in me, when the road looks rough ahead and they're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. You just remember what your old pal said, because you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. Nora, do you know that song? Yeah. 
What's it from, Nora? Toy Story. Give it up for Nora down there. Way to go, Nora. We'll give it a 6.5. You know, I'm like, it's not terrible. It wasn't off key the whole time. It was all right. Let's try this. As a group, let's sing this together. You've got a friend in me. Come on, everybody. Here we go. You've got a friend in me. You've got troubles. We stick together. One more time. Yeah, you. Way better. I mean, way better. If, if I asked you which one you want to listen to again, come on. There's no question that more people and more voices, and for, for what it's worth, maybe backup singers, make the song sound prettier. And the, the, what I want to illustrate for you is that as parents, this is important, as parents, we are the lead vocalist in the life of our kids. We're the lead singer. We're the ones that have to carry the tune. We're the ones that sing the most, that sing the loudest, that have the microphone. But man, backup singers make it sound so good. Backup singers drown out people that aren't singing the right words. You hear me on that? Backup singers drowned out people that stink at singing. And it still sounds good when we have an all hands on deck. It takes a village. Let's all do this together. Let's sing the same words. Let's sing the same tune. It makes it really beautiful. It makes the gospel beautiful when there's a lead singer who knows the song, who knows the tune, and the background singers make it beautiful. That's the people in Three Creeks Kids. As parents... I want, to, uh, I want you to hear me say this, that as parents, maybe the most important thing we do in our lives is not something that we do, but someone that we raise. Paul was not married, did not have any biological children that I know of. They aren't mentioned in the Bible, at least. He still saw the need to pour down into the next generation. And so he found Timothy, who I believe his dad died at a young age. And he takes Timothy under his wing and he walks with Timothy for 30 years. And he shows him how much God loves him. And he, he, he mentors Timothy. He raises Timothy up like a spiritual son. And this is what he writes when Paul wrote to Timothy a letter at the end of his life. He said, Timothy, you then, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So he reminds Timothy of what's true. And then he says, the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men that they will do the same, that they will do it also. And so what you see, people kind of take this verse, go, this is the discipleship verse in the Bible. And it is, but it's also the parenting verse in the Bible. Paul's saying to Timothy, the things that you've heard me say, the grace that is in Christ Jesus, don't forget it, son. And then, son, pass it on to the people behind you. Timothy, if God wants you to be married and for you to have kids, pass on this news that you know about the grace that is in Christ Jesus. As parents, we need to be the lead vocalist and carry the melody. But let's be honest. There's, there's some people in the room, if you're totally honest, and I'm saying, you got to be the lead vocalist. You got to be the spiritual mentor for your kids. You're going, I don't sing very good. 
and I don't know the words? And what if my kids ask me questions and I don't know the answer? And what if my kids ask me questions and I give them the wrong answer? Am I going to screw them up? Thank you, Emery. I think that's actually the right answer. How can I lead my kids if I feel insecure spiritually? My kids come back from three kids and tell me stories and sing songs that I've never heard before. How am I supposed to mentor them spiritually? These are some of the things, these are some of the feelings that we have. And what I want to make so simple and be so clear is that you don't have to be a theologian to do this. And you don't have to have 25 minutes of family devotions every night to do this. You don't have to have all the answers. In fact, as parents, we've already figured this out, but we will never, ever model perfection for our kids. We won't do it. You can't get there. We will never model perfection, but we as parents can model pursuit. We can show our kids what it's like to want more of God. We can read our Bibles with our kids. We can pray and say, kids, we can talk with God. You don't have to be a theologian or a pastor, have all the right answers. It just starts with being faithful and praying before they go to bed at night. But at least go, at least I want to be the lead vocalist. I, I, I see this as my responsibility. That's where it starts. And sometimes in 10 seconds, you will see a difference. In 10 seconds, you will talk about kindness and how Jesus was kind, and you'll see a, a son that you have, look at a daughter that you have, and he will be kind, and you will go, no way. Like the Spirit of God could possibly be at work in my five-year-old. That's possible. There's not a JV version of him. And sometimes it will take 10 years for you to see any fruit at all. But the bottom line is that as parents, we've got to be the lead vocalists for the whole time, for all 936 weeks and beyond, and trust that God is doing a work in them. But there's no question that our role, our role is to be the lead singer in the lives of our kids. I've, uh, this week, J.J. Gonzalez, he's back there running the lights. J.J., where's Witten at? Is Witten in here? Witten, are you here? Witten, can you, can you stand up and just wave at me so everybody can see who you are? Look at that guy right there. Guys, that is Witten. You can go ahead and sit down. Witten got here early today, I think about 8 o'clock. He helped set up all these lights with his dad. I thought that was pretty cool. And then the other cool story about JJ and the way that he's parenting, not just bringing his kids with him, but the other day, I don't know if Brittany was at an appointment or something, but Landry, their other son, who's right there, was with JJ while JJ was at home working. And JJ sent me a picture. He said, Land I, I have donated one of my screens that I work with to Landry. And on this screen was, on your mark, get set, go on a Bible adventure. Anybody remember this during the COVID time? We would, we would play these videos for our kids. And Landry is still watching these things, learning about God, JJ being a dad, that is being intentional with his kids. And you guys, JJ's playing, he, he's ex essentially accepting responsibility and saying like, I'm going to be the lead singer. I'm not just going to like dish him off at church. I'm going to be a part of my kid's journey. I've told you guys a few different times about this thing that I call the noble fantasy. And basically the noble fantasy is what you want your life or your morning to look like when you're 70 years old. Like, What's the most important thing to you? What is your noble fantasy 
And I've explained that mine is I want to wake up when I'm 70 years old and I want to, I want to roll over and look at Morgan and give her a kiss and roll out of bed and put both of my knee braces on because I went hard in the paint for 70 years. <laughs> and then I want to walk. It's, it's a single level, so there's no stairs at this point. I want to go and I want to have a coffee maker that like made the coffee while I was sleeping. This is one of my goals, okay? And I'm going to go get coffee, and then I want to meet Morgan on the front porch, and we're going we're to have two rocking chairs, and we're going to hold hands, and we're going to pray, and we're going to thank God. And, and the first thing that I think of, when I think of a noble fantasy life, the one that I felt like I, I did it as best as I possibly could, I don't have regrets, is the one where we did everything we possibly could to raise our kids to love Jesus. And then they too have, have passed it on, just like Paul said to Timothy, to pass it on, that they too are now raising their kids to love and to serve Jesus because it's the best life possible. And we would just sit there and hold hands and pray for our kids and our grandkids and other people that have come into our life as spiritual children and say, we did our best to be the lead singers my, my noble fantasy does not involve a boat and it does not involve a lake house. And I'm not saying it's wrong because it certainly would be nice to have. But at the end of the day, I want my kids and my grandkids to know who Jesus is and what he did for them. That's it. That is the noble fantasy. And to get there, I think that as parents, we've got to choose to be the lead singers in the lives of our kids. If we don't teach our kids to follow Jesus, the world will teach them not to. I'm going to say that again because it's important for us to hear. If we don't teach our kids to follow Jesus, the world will teach them not to. With that said, I'm going to bring the kids up here on stage in just a minute, but I got about a couple more things to say until I do. With that said about the lead vocalist, I would also like to propose to us as a church family, I'm talking to everybody, not just moms and dads or those that aspire to be them, we need, in Three Creeks Kids, a couple more backup singers to make the gospel beautiful. We need some people to sign up and to serve in Three Creeks Kids. Have I made that clear? Am I saying that clearly? Does everybody understand what I'm saying? We need more people to come back there. At one point, we were in like the 51 range, and then like everybody had a baby, and a couple people went on vacation, and they took a break from the summer. And so my, my best count is that we are at 43 active people that want to be backup singers in Three Creeks Kids. We went to five classes a couple months ago. And for those of you that have kids, you've been rejoicing with the angels in heaven that we did. It's been a better experience for everybody. So I would love to stay at five classes, but if we stay at five classes, that means we need 16 people per week. And if you're good at math, 16 times three, that three-week rotation would be that we need 48 people. We need seven people to get it so that everybody back there is serving every three weeks. Here's what I was thinking this week, though. What if, we, we've kind of said like every three weeks is our target, but what if, what if I told you that our real target was to get people so that they were serving once a month back there, once every four weeks? That would mean that we need, if, I'm, if my math is correct, and I'm not sure that it is, I'm pretty sure we need 21 people to raise their hand and say, once a month, I will serve my church 
in a capacity that might not come real naturally. It might not be what I would choose to do. We need 21 people to say, once a month, I'm in. I will pour out. I will give it back. I will invest in someone else what has been invested in me. I will do it. And so to the moms specifically in the room, I'm going to tiptoe into this one. But you guys are full-time Three Creeks Kids volunteers at all times, basically, right? I mean, for a lot of you guys, you're watching kids all week long. And so this is like the 75 minutes of peace that you look forward to on a Sunday morning. And I'm just, I'm just asking the moms, though, that wouldn't it be nice, and I say this gently and humbly, wouldn't it be nice if the moms who are being blessed by Three Creeks Kids if every one of the moms in here said, I will turn around and I will be a blessing to everybody else's kids once a month. And that might be too much to ask. And I'm not saying everybody has to do it. I'm just saying to the moms out there, could you do it once a month? And then even louder, I hope you hear me, to the dads in the room. Because they're your kids too. And they're my kids too. To the dads in the room. Can you think of something that you could do that you that would serve your wife and your children more than stepping in and raising your hand and saying, I can do that. Even if you say, like, I'm not good with kids. We'll put you with the older kids. They'll be fine. We'll keep them alive. You'll be fun. I'm saying, I'm imagining a church. Imagine it with me. Where the dads, the dads are the ones that step up and serve the most, that do what does not come naturally where they say, I'm in for somebody else's kids, not even my own. I will sacrifice and I will serve and I will lay my life down. I will lay my comfort on Sunday morning down for the benefit of somebody else's family. I'm just thinking, man, if we had moms and dads all raise their hand and we got 21 people, it would just be everybody, everybody's life would be blessed by that if we did it. And then... Hello, friends, to the youngsters. I don't know how to say this other than I think it's your turn right now. Like before you have kids, I think it is your turn. I think it is your turn before you even know the blessing that it is to raise your hand and say, I'm in. I will serve. I'll do it twice a month. I think that it is the young, you guys are incredible incredible. We are blessed beyond belief to have a young group of people that love Jesus a lot. And I'm just telling you, the blessing that this would be to this church family would be unbelievable if you guys would raise your hands and say, you know what? I know I'm doing a couple of things, but once a month, I'm in. And if we all did it, if, the, if all the backup singers were like, I'll do it. I'll jump in there. I'll invest. Man, everybody's life and our whole church will be blessed. I could talk about the things that might have to happen if we don't get the 21. I think mean, you could probably guess what they are. It wouldn't be great for anybody. And I'm just saying, as a church, we could rally around this and make this amazing. Liz, am I right? She's nodding. So if you don't like me, <laughs> go talk to Liz. <laughs> this was not, she didn't even know I was going to say this stuff today. This is not her saying, Joel, will you say this? I'm saying this as a dad and as a pastor, like our church, we want three, ki three Creeks kids to rock and we need 21 people to make it happen. Last thing, we're going to be a church that tells our kids about Jesus 
And sometimes as parents, uh, like I kind of said, honestly, we don't even know really what to say. We don't know the words to the song. We don't know the, the Bible verses to talk about. And so as a church, I thought it would be cool if our whole church had some common language around the gospel message. And so this is pretty risky. I don't know how this is going to go. But all the kids, listen, all the kids, if I say, yo, you say, what's up? Yo, if you as a kid were up here earlier and you sang a song earlier, I want you guys to come up here and pop a squat right on this rug and look at me. Come on up here, kids. Come on. Come on, come on. Great job, Emery. Come on down. You guys can sit right here on this rug, anywhere you want on the rug. The whole thing is yours. Yep, and then Eli, you can look right back here at me. This is going to be perfect. Hey, Judah. How are you, buddy? Come on, come on, come on. Thank you, Shepherd Tyler over there. The herd is coming my way. All right. You guys can sit right back over there in the corner. Jordan. Hey, Bane. Bane, nice shirt. It's your master's shirt. Wow. I love the masters. All right. Come on down here. Come on down here. You guys are doing great. Everybody look up here at me. When I was your age, I, my fate, you don't have a seat? Okay, how about right there, right behind Witten? That'll be perfect. When I was your guys' age, my favorite thing to do in all of the world was go to my grandma's house. You guys, anybody else like going to their grandma's house? Oh, yeah. When I would go to my grandma's house, listen to what would happen. Every single time, she would give me, you can put your hand down. You can give me root beer. You, you could, she would give me root beer. And she would give me Oreos. Anybody like Oreos? You guys like Oreos? And then she would sit on the porch and she would tell me stories. And I love story time. And so what I want to do with you guys right now is I want to tell you a story. And it's my favorite story in the whole world. Are you guys ready? Maybe, maybe you guys might have heard a little bit of this story before. But I want you to try to listen to the whole thing. And I think you're really going to like it. Are you ready? In the beginning... In the very, very, very beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. So here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to put your hands like this and put them together and say, God. God. Say it again. God. God. Okay, you guys can put your hands down. God made the heavens and the earth, which means he made heaven. And listen, he made the earth and he made everything on the earth. He made cheetahs. Everybody go, ah. He made rivers. Everybody go like this. He made mountains. Everybody go like this. God made everything. You guys, and he made two people. Does anybody know what their names were? Adam and Eve. That's right. Adam and Eve. Everybody say Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Listen to this, guys. You have a book about that. This is amazing. I'll bet you it's a Bible. You ready? Everybody go like this. God. And then... Uh, Put your right hand out and say, man. man. And put your left hand out and say, God. God. Put your right hand out and say, man. man. Right, left hand out and say, God. God. Okay, now watch this. 
In the beginning, when God made Adam and Eve, they were like best friends. They were together. And Adam and Eve had never done anything wrong. And God said, you can go to the Garden of Eden. You can eat all the fruit. Does anybody like apples? Yes. Yes. And he said, you can have everything. And so put your right hand up and say, God. God. Put your left hand up and say, man. Man. And now go like this, together. Together. Try it again. Ready? Together. Together. Okay, put your hands down. Listen, this is really important. Yes, Emery? Yes, we are. Hey, Not me. I'm coming with you. It's going to be fun. Are you ready for the next part of the story? Here we go. So God made Adam and Eve, and they were together. And, and when God made Adam and Eve, he made them perfect. He said, you could be in the Garden of Eden, and we can live here forever, and nobody's going to get sick, and nobody's going to cry, and nobody's going to get hurt, and we're going to be here forever. But something happened. Can you guys sit down? Something happened called sin. And sin, this is important, you guys. Guess what? Sin is anything that we do or we think or we say that disobeys God. And sin pulls us away from God. So try this with me. Ready? Put your right hand up and say God. Man. Together. And now go like this. Sin. Ready? Try it again. Ready? Sin. sin. So sin, it, it takes us, this is important, it takes us away from God. So I, I kind of want to ask you a question. This is an important question. I need you to be honest. I want you to raise your hand if you think that you maybe have ever done anything wrong ever. Anybody? Yeah. Here's what I want you to do now. Look back at them and see if they raise their hands. Has anybody out there done anything wrong? Every single one of them. The Bible says, look at me, look at me. The Bible says that every person other than Jesus has done something wrong, which means that if the story would stop right now, it would be a really bad story because we would be far from God and we, there's no way to get back to God. So does anybody want to be with God in heaven? I know I do. So the question is, how do we get back? And this is where the best part of the story comes in. You guys ready? Put your right up and say God. Man. Together. Sin. Here's the next part. Say it really loud. Jesus Christ. Say it again. Jesus Christ. So, you guys, Jesus Christ He never did anything wrong. But because he loved us so much, he went and he died on the cross cross for our sins. And the Bible says that Jesus didn't stay dead, but he went into a tomb. And how many is this? Three days later, he came back to life. And then the Bible says... That 40 days after that, Jesus went like this. He went all the way up into heaven, which means that Jesus is in heaven right now, and he's looking down at us, and he wants you guys to understand. He wants you to know that Jesus died for your sins. Nora, for your sins. Did you know that? For you. He knows your name. He really does. 
He knows them all. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Look at me. Here's the last thing. The Bible says that if we believe in Jesus, and if we believe that he died on the cross, and he came back to life, and if he's in heaven, and because of all that, that would mean that all of our sins are forgiven. If we actually believe that in our hearts, that one day we will get to go to heaven with God. Is that amazing? So this is how it goes. Put your right hand up and say, God. Man. Together. Sin. Jesus Christ. This is my favorite part. If we believe in Jesus, we get to go like this. I'm back. Try it again. Ready? I'm back. You guys, we can be back in a relationship with God because of Jesus. So here's what I want all the kids to do. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I want you to listen to my voice as best as you possibly can. The story that I just told you is true. And all the moms and the dads and everybody in the room, they want you to know that this story is true. And when you go home today, your mom and dad are going to ask you, about this story. And they're going to ask you if you understand what Jesus did for you. And I hope, maybe, that you could give your whole heart to Jesus and follow him. You guys in? Let's try it one more time. Put your right hand up and say, God, God. man, Man. together, Together. sin, Jesus Christ. And do it with me. Ready? I'm back, just like that. All the moms and dads, give them a round of applause, and you guys are heading off the stage. You guys can all go see your moms and dads. You guys are the best. Oh, don't jump off the side, please. I was just about to say that I survived, but not yet. Thank you, Tyler. Hey, kids, watch this. I want you guys to watch your moms and dads. Look at them. Good job, buddy. Go, go watch your mom and dad. Moms and dads, try this with me. Put your right up and say, God. What? Man. Together. Sin. Jesus Christ. This should be good. Um, bad. <laughs> Yeah. Andy Bird, an author, says one of the greatest dangers as followers of Jesus is graduating beyond the simple gospel message. If that didn't hit you a little bit, maybe it should, you know? Like maybe that's that simple gospel message that Jesus Christ, what he did for us, man, that, that packs a punch. That is the simple gospel message. And if we, if we follow Jesus so much that we forget that part, man, what are we doing? That's the sweetest part. And as a church, we want to just kind of give you as parents language to sit around a dinner table and say, what did you learn today? And if you ever want to talk about Jesus or the gospel, just go, God, man, together, sin, Jesus Christ, I'm back.
and point to, you know, a couple verses in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 that point to if we put our faith in Jesus, we can be back with God. We did something like this at Easter. This is what I, this is what I want to close with. We did something like this at Easter, and we kind of gave parents some language, kind of a layup, like, go talk about it. And one of my favorite moms in this room, a mom that is, is newer probably in her faith journey, would, would put herself in the category of like, I'm nervous to kind of lead my kids through this. Her daughter raised her hand and said, I want to talk about this some more. And so she called me and she was like, hey, what do I do? What do I talk about? And I kind of walked her through this. I said, just invite her into the conversation and talk about God, how much he loves us. And, and then she talked to somebody else where she worked. And this person who is a Christian, I don't know how old this person was or whatever. She said, the, the girl we're talking about is seven, by the way. She said, ah, she's probably too young for that. And I, I just said, with all due respect, that sounds ridiculous. Are you kidding? Jesus is actually the one that said, all the big smart people get out of the way. Let the little children come to me. The kingdom of God belongs to these ones. They're the ones that probably get it the most. Cooper is more inclined to tell her friends about Jesus than I am about to my friends about Jesus. I want to be like her. This fascinates her. I want to be like that again. So whether your kid is two or three or four or five, they're not too young to understand that Jesus came to save them. And then there becomes this discussion. This This is kind of interesting. There becomes this discussion as they grow a little bit older and then they maybe go to camp or they go to VBS or they're in Three Creeks Kids or it's another Easter and it's like, oh, my kid got saved again. You know what I'm saying? Like as a camp director for all these years, the kid would come up and ring the bell because they became a Christian. And then the next year, same kid. <laughs> next year again, same kid. It's like, are we allowed to count that on the stats? Like, was that really? And then I became so comfortable with this idea that I don't care if the kid rings the bell 936 times because every time they ring that bell and say, I'm in, they have learned something new about God and they're continuing to receive him in their lives. And so I don't care like how many times. It's just like, I just want our kids as they grow older, I want them to give their lives to Jesus a hundred times because they're going to learn more and more and more about him. And I hope that they continue to just give their lives to him over and over and over. We're going to sing one more song. It's called The Blessing. And when the song came out, it was a little weird because it's like, who are we really singing this song to? It doesn't seem like a song that we're singing about God or what God has done for us. It almost seems like this prayer song that the band sings over the people and the people sing back. So it's like, how do we, should churches sing this song? Well, today of all days, churches should definitely sing this song. Here's what I would love to do as a church family. If you've got little ones with you, I want you to pick them up. If, if possible, I want you to hold them with you. And as we sing this song, I just want you to pray this song over the kid that you're holding. And let it be a special moment for you and your family. Just pray God's blessing on them. I know we're running out of time here. Let's just sing because I'm out of things to say and the kids are going nuts. So let's stand up. If you've got kids, grab them, hold them. Let's sing this song together. Thanks for listening to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. 
To find out more about our church, to give online, or to attend a service, visit threecreekschurch.com. Thank you.